All right, I got some... Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bling VR podcast first segment on your Friday, May 6th, 2022 at 2.22... No, it's 3.22 market time. 3.22 p.m. market time. Any questions? We've got fans on in here. We've got things happening. How does that work? When I say we've got fans and then the fan shuts off, we say... Anyway... SPX right now is in P500 at 3.23 p.m. market time is at 40.88.40, down 59 points, down almost 1.5%. The high of today was 41.57.69, with an open of 41.28.17 and a low of 40.67.91. Based on those numbers, you can sort of translate that into a candle. If you are, you can visualize it into a candle and imagine it, what it would look like. It's a candle with a little short wick on top. Well, it's kind of a bigger wick, actually. Unlike yesterday's candle, which was flat on top. The right candle, nonetheless. However, with 30 minutes left in the trading day, 37 minutes left in the trading day, regular trading hours, it looks like there could be a bounce on the horizon. Even though, even though, SPX right now is at 40.86, down 60 points, down 1 for tenths percent. 1.5 percent, closer to that. This is your afternoon episode, so I hope you guys like it. I got some stuff figured out earlier, which has actually been a little bit of a relief, because, um, and now the fans are off good, because it's relief... Well, it's weird because Apple Messages, I think that's what it's called, right? Messages? I'll probably start calling it Messengers. Apple Messengers, that Macintosh Messengers. It's cool because even though one's phone might get sort of spontaneously shut off, sort of unbeknownst or unexpectedly, and because someone couldn't wire money from, oh, I don't know, savings account into other accounts and just sort of gave up on everything and just said, hey, what are we trying to do here? Juggling all this money and doing all this dumb shit. Let's just, let's just take our hand. Jesus, take the wheel. I'd say I'm, I'd say I'm a Christian, but I certainly believe in the creator of all things. I absolutely do. And it's, it's like bumper cars kind of, or bumper boats, when you don't have to really steer the bumper boat too much. You're on a tube and there's just a lot of fumes. You're breathing, you're laughing, you're having fun, you pass out. Carbon monoxide. Oh, Golfland Sunsplash? Yeah, let's have the time of our life on those bumper boats. It's the only, it was the only ride at the time where it was like, tickets are, your tickets are no good here. Only money here. Your season passes, they don't work here. It's only money. Who's next? Bumper boats. They did not mess around. And you can always smell the fumes kind of through the park, through Golfland Sunsplash, as you run in the wave pool even. Dude, (laughs) when I was 13, I got... It's kind of weird because I was talking about Summerland on... Uh, Man Island? The I- uh, sorry, the Isle of Man, excuse me. The Isle of Man. 
Man Island, I was talking about Summerland over there and the how it caught fire from kids smoking cigarettes, like 13, 14 years old. And because it, like something caught on fire, they like, ran off and got all scared and didn't tell anyone, like, hey, we started a fire over there because we were smoking cigarettes and we're too young. I was like, come on. It was weird because here in the States, United States, on a con continent, like, yeah, continental United States, a landlocked, uh, not an island, an isle, <laughs> Gilligan's Isle. Sorry, I'm sorry. I got into a beer. It's, yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere, okay? I, I haven't even finished it yet. Just get off my back. When I was at Golfland Sun, Golf Sunsplash, it must have been in the 90s sometime, uh, someone gave me a pack of cigarettes. Back then in the early 90s, if you were a teenager, you could go to like the local place on Main Street and just go sneak on in, buy an ice cream cone, cone this is five minutes in, and this is the, the type of episode where you have to think to yourself, do I want to publish this? Is this something I want to get out there? A lot of you recent college graduates know that, that children can scream at the top of their lungs and never stop. But you also know that once you publish something digitally, it remains out there forever. And it just depends on how much you pay someone to get that information. The data, deleted or not. I've already said too much. I've already said too much. So we'll probably end up keeping this episode just because um, I ruined it. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Blinder Podcast. It's Friday, May 6th, 3.30 p.m. market time. It's not 500 right now. It's at 4101. Down 45 points, down one and one tenth percent. Special congratulations to all the recent graduates out there. Do you guys know what eBay's 52 week low is? Have you guys listened to that episode? I'm not gonna give you the date. You have to go through it and listen to it. There's no commercials anyways, but don't worry, there will be. eBay's 52 week low, let's take a look here, 47.03. Could you imagine having some sort of an analyst or a consultant come into your firm you say, hey, I've got some questions about this company. I'll say, yeah, so what? I need a check up front first. I need to get paid first. And I need that to deposit that check first. It needs to clear first before I can say anything. But what, what company are you um, interested in? eBay, huh? You want me to do some analytics on eBay? Okay, I'm sure you have your reasons for that. Just keep in mind that that check has to clear into my account first before I can give you any information. It's not called a retainer. No, it's not. It's called upfront costs, not a retainer fee. That way I know any information I give you is valid and you can use to your heart's desire and I don't have to worry about shit because no, it's not a retainer. I already got paid for the information I gave you and the information that you can use. You guys know if you would have used that information from what, April 19th? April 20th? If you were a, a giant firm, McKinley, McKinsey, judges, come on. I got that date. No, that, no the, all the bonuses I got just got revoked. Can't, no, you can't do that about that specific firm. You can't talk like that about that firm. Sorry. I apologize. That was rude of me. I apologize. See, over at companies like Teneo, though, you didn't have to do that. 
And it's not because Taneo was cheap or Taneo was like cutting corners or making shit up. Like Taneo is an honest, good company, man. Well, why else do you think Declan Kelly got busted? Look, I know, I know he's a good guy. I know Declan Kelly's a good guy. I know he runs a good company. And that's it. I know Taneo's a good company. I know it's a trustworthy company. It's full of good consultants. And I would trust someone like Declan Kelly, absolutely. Am I defending any of his actions? Not at all. Not his personal actions. In his downtime, doing whatever, parting. That's what he can do. I just know Tanana is a trustworthy company and it's worthwhile. McKinsley, <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize. Other companies of other equal or higher caliber are um, very imposing and trustworthy as well. Did you guys ever watch that show called Burn Notice? Anyone? It's, it sounds a little, it sounds, it's not gonna win any Oscars unless it's Oscars for acting and believability and plots, storyline, writing, music. It's a show you think you're not gonna like, but watch it a few times. Watch Burn Notice a few times. Even if you don't like Florida, even if you don't like Miami or you, you love Cubans, you love Cubans but you don't really, you're not, your preference, your taste, your musical taste, you're not even into music. You don't even like music. And so yeah, you don't really like, eh, I don't like all kinds of music, especially Cuban music. Well, I don't even know ranchero music, even. It doesn't really matter what, I don't like music. I don't even like art.
off perfectly twice and we had some technical difficulties so I'm gonna keep messing this up if I can except it took place at 336 it can't work at 337 I'll try it anyway okay okay yeah I'll write it myself we'll do it live hey everyone thanks for tuning into this second segment of the bling vera podcast it's 3.37 p.m. market time. The S&P 500 right now is at 41.15, although at 4.36, it was at 41.11. At 41.17 right now, it's down 28 points, down 7 tenths of a percent. The low of today was 40.67.91, with a previous close of 41.46.87. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Bling VR Podcast second segment. I thought I was going to mess it up. I was trying to mess it up. You guys are the best, thanks. Burn notice. You guys need to watch it. I don't I don't like any art or anything. But it's fast, it's good. If if I had any just my own personal, it's not it doesn't change the show, it doesn't change the value of anything. If I had my own if I was casting director, I I might have cast a different female lead role. A female supporting role or whatever. If whatever her name is in that show. I probably would have picked somebody else. Just because, and maybe she is, maybe that's the, maybe that's what, maybe there's a lot of that in Florida. I don't know, I've never been to Florida. I've always wanted to go. Have I told you guys anything about the invasive iguana species? Have I told my podcast listeners at home about the invasive species, the iguana in Florida? You have various pythons. You have all sorts of animals that are invasive species in Florida, a snakeheads for one. A snakehead is a fish. It can sort of, it's almost like a catfish in a way, but it's kind of like an eel too. And it can just sort of get its way on land and live on land a lot longer than most fish. Its cranium is very, it's almost like um, those rams that will butt heads together. And there's like almost like a bony sort of the horns and stuff. It's almost like snakeheads have that, but like it's the fish version of it. You could probably shoot, if if the snakehead is big enough, 
you could probably shoot like a 22 caliber rifle at it. And if you got it square between the eyes, that bullet will probably ricochet off a of snakehead's head. It could be a perfect shot. It can be an image right between the eyes and it, it will just do the thing. Like when I throw something in the trash here, like perfect. And it just goes ding, just bounce out and like, what the hell? If that's a snakehead, that's Florida for you. Dude, I, I would love, I've, in fact, I'm planning on it. Um, someday, well, there's a couple, couple plans that I have as soon as I can get my fucking money. Give me a sword, give me a sword. I'm a great swordsman. Hey, give me a sword. Like, sure you are, Marigan, sure you are. Like, could someone fucking give me my money so I can get in here, please? Good Lord. I mean, I'll take what I can get when I can, but you you guys gotta see it. You, got, you guys gotta start trying a little bit harder here. Spend a little bit more time. But I've always wanted to go to Florida and go on an iguana hunting tour because it is an invasive species. And it burrows into the sides of the irrigation and canals, the waterways along those metropolitan areas in Southern Florida. And they can, do, they can wreak havoc on the local agriculture and other wildlife that depends on those other places to uh, thrive or make nests and breed safely and healthily. And I don't blame some of the residents in Florida for feeding the iguanas or um, taking a fancy toward the iguanas. Because I probably would too, as like a resident, as a big giant, like mean one, like an orange one, with a big mohawk. Like, uh, what was that show, um, the movie? Gremlins 2? It was an intellectual, smart gremlin. Not your regular run-of-the-mill, just like mutant, weird, nasty gremlin. It was smart, it had a mohawk, and there was a reason why he was numero uno. That's because all the ladies, the hot gremlin was like really into him. He was an executive. He, that gremlin worked his way up the corporate ladder. And he was the boss. He was bossing the other gremlins around. He was taking calls. He was busy in meetings. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in this third second. The S&P 500 right at 3.44 p.m. market time. The S&P right now. Is at 41.25, down 21 points, down one half a percent. I could imagine an iguana taking a fancy toward an iguana that I'm retired. I'm, no one's riding me. My, my kids aren't riding me. They're doing good. Um, I'm too old to get that boat out and go fishing. It's too dangerous. Uh, alone. Thank you very much. And I, I don't trust anyone to be around water and next to a boat out there. Uh, not, I, I didn't, I guess Dexter's a good, well, anyway, I'm not gonna, we're talking about burn notice right now, you guys. We're talking about the invasive species, the green iguana. There's many invasive iguana species in Florida though, however. To, to go out there with like automatic air rifles you just pull up on a boat or even just cruising down one of the waterways. It, not, not in anyone's backyard. No, you're not. I think there's a common misconception when it comes to like urban hunting. It's, it's basically like the most, if, if you have a, 
the right gear, but if you have the right talent, um, I wish I should probably find out his name. But there is uh, like a marksman on YouTube who hunts these iguanas and has crystal clear video of it. I mean, he is a marksman. He's an unbelievable shot. Like the talent level that he possesses with that air rifle is un it's unreal, man. And what's even cooler is like he doesn't even care. He's like the super cool guy. I've always wanted to like support his channel by going, like paying him a bunch of money, going out there and then going to whatever air gun store that um, is local and like has the best support for that type of shit. I think he even has a, uh, like a spot in one of his videos for a place down there in Florida. I wish I had more information about it. But man, that's definitely, it's not on the bucket list. Like I'm going to do it. It's not like, oh, before I die, it's like, nah, pretty soon I'm gonna go out to Florida and go iguana hunting. Because yes, I'm a vegetarian. Yes, I do not like to see animals suffering. I don't, I hate it. That's why I'm a vegetarian. Factory farming, Tyson Foods. Need I say more? But you have to look at the bigger picture. This is an invasive species that came into Florida around uh, the 1960s when it was in vogue to have exotic pets, like an, exotic, but like an iguana or a python. And sometimes they would get too big or they would escape. And the climate there in Florida is perfect for those animals. Um, some of them like a Burmese python, Bermuda, and a Bermudian pythons from Bermuda. It's from Burma. I said Bermudian python, it's from Bermuda, is what I said, judges. Dude, I've never got two demerits in one day. <laughs> Burma python, Bermuda pythons from Bermuda, sorry. I apologize, I apologize, it's my fault, sorry, apologize. The climate of Burma in Florida, Southern Florida is similar enough to where the pythons find themselves at home and they, can, they find healthy breeding habits and exponentially grow from there, wreaking havoc on the local other wildlife competing for resources and survival. And the equilibrium and symbiosis that exists in those fragile tropical ecosystems. I've never had two demerits in one day. That's a fact. I don't know why the judges are like that to, like this today. Because it shouldn't be. I mean, I even got a split decision on one, but one time. When was the last time you guys heard that I got demerits on this podcast? Just today, right? Twice in one day. I know. Because the Bermudian python is their... It's when, a, it's when an invasive species of Burma python, Burmese python comes into Bermuda through the Bermuda Triangle and the anomalies and all of the Do we have a beer open over here? Please tell me we do. How much is that? Dang it. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this special third segment on your Friday, May 6th, 2022. It is 3.51 p.m. market time. Well, this is the last banquet beer of the day. Until we walk down to the Schlemmen and get some more. The S&P 500 right now is at 41.28, down 18 points, down four-tenths of a percent. Weren't we expecting a bounce, though? 
Yeah. You can see the type of scam that we have going on here. VXX is also up, even though it should not be. And that's most likely by purchases from ProShares or whatever companies, VXX, whatever, whoever issued the contracts, that's who is bidding up the company just long enough to buy out other contracts. And they'll keep it propped up here for as long as they need to until the close, even closer to the close, and then they'll drop it. And a good chance spy will go green and then flat for the day. And then it'll be cat in the hat, everyone gets ripped off. And thanks again for joining this third segment. In this segment, we're talking about the show Burn Notice. And the casting call for the supporting actress and our critical thoughts on that. Now, when you watch the market and you're not actually trading in it, you can see it completely different. You can see it from a whole different perspective, really. You see what, who's doing what and when they're doing it and why they're doing it. And when pe some people ask me, why aren't you a millionaire? What, it's because when you're trading in it with your money, it's not as easy as you think. Especially when no one gives you your fucking money. Like eBay, when they steal it from you. And you had everything lined up to go. Yeah, but there's certain companies out there, if you work for your consultant, you can get blacklisted. And there's a company out there that you're not supposed to talk negatively about if you are a consultant or work for a, not even really a competing firm, any other firm. That's it. If you're below this one, then that's it. And that's mainly because, well, when you work for this firm and then you stop working for that firm, whether it's your choice or not, most likely your choice, um, you can say, I worked for this firm and then get paid more from whatever secondary, second tier, second rate firm that you work for. You know, I mentioned that I would, so third segment, guys. Hey, can I get everyone's attention to the third segment? There was a, I mentioned all the time um, last year when some crazy woman and her lawyer, so how did I win that case? How did I, well, for one, it was the truth, so that was on my side. Yeah, I had a little bit of help with that. But like, how did I win it when I was kind of contemplating for a second whether or not the judge was going to see it my way after hearing this lawyer probably wasn't getting paid that much to put that much effort into lying for two hours, but <laughs> there was a moment there where I was thinking, wow, there's actually a chance that this guy who I haven't even interrupted, who has interrupted me every time I've tried to speak, I've really let him run with this thing, but maybe I let him run a little bit longer than he should have. Because he's, he's doing a pretty good, like, hypnotizing, repetitive, bullshit response here. Maybe I should do something to interrupt. And then I started looking at my charts, because it was, like, through, yeah, a different uh, platform. Still a courtroom. Still a courtroom. I think I'll just check out what the S&P 500 is doing still. Is he still going on about it? Should I? No, 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 just wait. And as hard as it is sometimes to just let someone dig their own grave and keep digging, and it's like, no, dig up, stupid. Uh, you almost, you start to wonder a little bit, and it, I was getting a little imaginative, and I was thinking, there's a chance here that no one believes me, 
and if I if I get another chance here to, to chime in, I'm gonna light light these two motherfuckers up right now. And no, not the judge. These two, the other two. The judge was on my side. Thank you very much. Knowing that I had the capacity and the ability to do that, um, I probably should have interrupted uh, about like 45 minutes in. But I let him take the entire hour. Hey, as much as you want, man. Which is my point here. How did I, what was my strategy for that? It's billable hours. It's billable hours. He's not thinking about what he's saying. He's watching the clock. If he gets one second over that next minute, he knows he can get one more billable hour. He can squeeze one more lie out of there. And as hard as it might be to listen to someone blatantly lying about something so stupid and so reckless, run, Forrest, run. He sure is a running fool, isn't he? But knowing that though, knowing that strategy, or knowing that that's all he's concerned. He's not, he doesn't want the truth, doesn't want it. He wants billable hours. You know that, so you're good, solid. That's the approach, that's his strategy. Your strategy is to give him as many billable hours as he wants, including here is another letter with more information on it. And here's another one with more information on it. Here's another one. Here's another one. That approach, that outside of the box approach is, it's, um, it, it's seemingly counterproductive for you as like, um, yeah, as a defendant because it's making you look bad, right? It's making you look a little like obsessed or nutty, right? Every single day he gets a letter, a handwritten typed letter mailed to him. You went to the post office every single day and gave him more information, little bits of information that either applied to things or didn't. Requests, whatever information. Acting like a fool with your pants on the ground, looking like a fool. That's because you're doing it, you're undermining yourself purposely, strategically, because when he brings it up, all your stupid letters every single day, you can just nod right right along with him. Just go, uh-huh, yep, you're right. Every single day, keep going, keep going. You're a, little, a little closer, a little closer. And then he'll wrap up whatever he's done saying. And then that'll bring me to right, just right on in, open the door. So yeah, this is all because of billable hours. And I wanted to make sure to provide as many billable hours to Mr. Dipshit as he wanted every single day. And then, just like the demerits today, I know, two of them, even the judge was, hey, hey. And Dipshit went on for like another 45 minutes about how his integrity and billable hours matter. <laughs> and got another billable hour by doing so. The type of person that when you walk into a retail store, you can totally tell time to, <laughs> damn it, alliteration. You can totally tell if they're paid on commission or not <laughs> and how thirsty they are to get some of that commission. Like, talk about embarrass yourself. <laughs> yeah, and embarrass your client in, in, in the process, man. I just, damn.
Yeah, I might have been embarrassed a little bit sending all those letters. Yeah, they might, it might cross the line, I'm sure. I'm sure I did, I'm sure of it. Because in that case, part of it, one of the stipulations in the ruling when I won was no more letters to Mr. Dipshit every single day. Because the cost, those fees, have to be absorbed by himself. All the fees that he had racked up thinking he was going to win with all your letters, all those billable hours, rut row, no, it's not what you thought it was, was it? And all that easy money is just right out of your own pocket, huh? Damn, that sucks, man. It sucks that I saw that you're only after billable hours like every other lawyer seven months prior and left some, bread left some breadcrumbs out for you. A little bit closer. A little bit more. And you know that moment of suspense when you have like a trap or you have, um, you're trying to catch something wild, even a fish, you're fishing, but you can see it in the crystal clear water below. You're just jigging it, just jigging it a little bit. And there's something kind of coming in, a predator. And it gets so close. You're like, oh, oh, oh wait, stop, stop. And you like hold your breath. And you're just sitting there waiting. And then it takes it. And you, and you expect your fishing pole to like jerk, you, you expect all the work to be done for you. It's like, no, you gotta set that hook, man. You gotta set the hook. That's like crucial. That is crucial to catching a fish is setting the hook. A big fish, a big fat fish, hell yeah. Any experienced fisherman who's caught a bunch of fat lying fish knows a fat lying fish when they see it. Still, there's a moment there. It's like, oh, it took the, it took the bait, or it took, yeah, let's go, set it, set it, get the hook, get the hook. And you don't know if you actually caught it or not, just for a brief moment there. Before it's tugging back on the line, it's trying to get loose, it's jumping in and out of the water, look, looking even more dumb than it was before, crying, tears streaming down their face, realizing what they just lied about for, what, two hours, an hour and a half? How dumb they look. Just two big, fat, lying fish right there. Old ass lying fish. Well, that's how you turn it around. That's how you turn around from don't do this or else, stop doing this or else. You're gonna do, if you keep doing this, I'm gonna do this. All these bullshit threats, bullying bullshit tactics. And really, a lot of times you can tell just by the, someone's appearance. Um, I'm serious. With how they're going to approach things as far as your appearance, how they react to your appearance and what you're doing. You don't think so. You can't just judge someone by their appearance, huh? What about a prison guard? You think you can judge a prison guard by their appearance? You can't judge anyone by their appearance? Okay. Not some people though. Some people you can, you might receive a letter from someone or you might see someone's writing and you might think to yourself, I wonder, I wonder if they look like this. You kind of have, you picture how they look. You try to put something to it. Even if it's just uh, some sort of attire, some kind of wardrobe, you picture someone saying it when you're reading it at some point, right? But when you're actually able to put a face to the message, it, that opens up a lot. So yes, you can judge someone by how they look based on what they've already said, based on the information that you already have on their approach, on their style. 
how they write things, what, like, what they're trying to do. And you can even, like, sarcastically act aloof and, and think that, like, okay, okay, that's not going to work. That, like, that's what they'll think. You, you can act so sarcastic and aloof, you expect them to catch on to what you're saying and give up. But when they take that sarcastic aloofness as like a actual aloofness, <laughs> or they take that as a weakness, and you recognize that on the other side, like they just took that bait, they thought that was real, and they're going all the way to the deep end. Jeez. The only, th the only thing was there's a 1% chance this dipshit and his lies are actually going to win if he keeps this up by just hypnotizing people with saying over and over. Like how, um, like how detectives get a false confession after like 16 hours of inter interrogation. The detectives that can't solve shit are like, nah, no more losing, no more, no more cold cases. This is the one. We got him this time. We got, we got the murderer this time. All we have to do is just sit in this room and beat it into his head that he murdered someone for 24 hours straight till he just gives up. That way I can get him to the narcotics unit and start getting fucked up for real. I'm sick of this public defender bullshit. I'm telling you, man, lawyers go straight to hell. Hey, let's talk about corporate things. Let's talk about corporate stock buybacks. You guys want to? It's the third segment. We can talk about anything. We don't have to keep gloating over a win a year ago. And talk about different strategies and exploiting billable hours against rat lawyers because I am not a rat lawyer. No, I'm not. I'm not a piece of shit that goes straight to hell. I work outside of those, <laughs> that terminology and that scene because there's no way to be associated in that scene <laughs> because it's only about one thing, billable hours. Some people see that as a hindrance, really. Some firms see working as a consultant, as an analyst, as really as a hindrance, if you don't have a law degree or a legal degree. Yeah, legal degree, you know what I mean? Some sort of legal background, um, paralegal, something like that. There are some firms that are, they will, there's just, um, they think that their decisions are reinforced by society if they don't hire a quote-unquote paralegal or someone in the law business. They, 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 they feel it taints uh, their firm. And honestly, I'm not trying to be ageist here or um, discriminatory. What I've noticed, a, a common denominator is typically with, with firms with... Um, a traditional approach, and these are firms that rely on the uh, concept of precedent to be like overpowering, overruling uh, against any argument. It happened this way once before, therefore it should be our way. It should go our way. It's a similar situation. It's never going, going to be exactly the same, but it's a similar situation, therefore it is going to go our way. No, let me prove it to you, which I totally understand. I understand the reverence and respect towards precedent and formality and style and everything, a tradition. I do. I, I understand it. And I, I, I have a reverence myself for all of that. 
However, as someone who's not like a licensed lawyer or like uh, past the bar, it's not like I can work outside of the bounds of morals and ethics. But what I can do is see, recognize pretty much right off the bat what whether or not your focus is billable hours or the truth, like pretty quickly. Sometimes without even just going over a few documents, a few correspondence, I can, okay, yeah, this is the direction they want to go, this is the type of person it is, most likely, and yeah, I'd probably go this way, probably do this, we'll set some traps over here, set some traps over there, have them take the bait if they're stupid enough, but they're probably not. Now, you would be surprised how often, I'm, I'm surprised, and how often I'm like, this is so sarcastic and stupid sounding, there's no way they're gonna take me seriously. And every, like, it just, it, it's, it's mind boggling. And I, I honestly think that the whole precedent thing, it can kind of be exploited as a weakness in a lot of cases when you can see how quickly some of these rat lawyers grab something, take the ball and just go the opposite direction. Based on a statement that you made out of total sarcasm and as bait. One thing I've been getting into lately and been trying to research more are entrapment cases, traces of entrapment. Because you get to be exposed to and learn about and get knowledge from um, other cases, precedents, yeah. Other cases that uh, went too far and got busted for entrapment. And a lot of times it's the government. It's the government trying to entrap people, citizens. <laughs> no. The movie, the movie Entrapment. Sometimes. Catherine Zeta-Jones, though. Oh, yeah. Sorry, everyone, about Dennis Quaid. It's Randy Quaid. Thank you. A correction, yeah. Look, I love the band Funeral funeral for a friend um, just as much as the next guy when it comes to the song hours or streetcar love it I love funeral for a friend the band it's now so it, I don't know why but Welsh music Welsh metal Welsh heavy rock is so good and so creative They've just got something that other people don't have. Remember the band that I started years ago? If you guys were listening to the music episode, Tommy Shred, guess where, guess what he was? Yeah, guess his heritage, his background, his rich family history. Welsh, yeah. Uh, Tintern Abbey, you guys ever been? You cross that long bridge, get to Wales. Yeah, Southern England. You wonder though, what it was like back then, in the ninth century, when they're burning down like uh, anything religious, right? Well, can you hear the kid even in here in the vocal booth? Really? Oh yeah, Jesus Christ, that kid is loud, man. As far as I knew, it was soundproof, and he hits a different pitch, man. It gets through different types of materials that you wouldn't be. You'd have to have a lead, it's a panic room. We'd have to be in a vault 
in order for that sound not to bleed through. Fucking eBay, man. A studio, I swear, man. No, so you look at entrapment and you start researching those cases and learning about them and seeing where it was weak and where it wasn't. Oh, here comes the helicopter, can you guys? Imagine trying to act like some sort of like pro audio engineer or something. Hey babe, you sounded perfect, you nailed it. Perfect, absolutely perfect. I know we've been trying to get, it's been take after take after take, all morning, all afternoon, you nailed it, yes. Oh, oh, keep your headphones on. Could you do it again though? Um, we, there's uh, some screaming from the kids and the helicopter. It just kind of bled through a little bit. Uh, let's just wait, let's take another 15. Um, God, how embarrassing, how dumb would that be? Oh, interruption from the rat, yeah? That's a good question. So I say set traps, right? So isn't me setting traps entrapment as the definition of entrapment is the state or being caught in or as in a trap? Trap house. The action of tricking someone into committing a crime in order to secure their prosecution. In a sentence, his style of investigation consti constitutes entrapment. Yeah, yeah, and some would probably argue that my tactics are just as slimy as theirs. Um, and I, would, I wouldn't agree with it necessarily if they weren't stupid enough to take the bait. I think that's sort of what the gray area of entrapment starts to where the, you define it um, as far as when you took it too far or when it becomes an actual trap, right? I think, so if you, if, you, if you use it in terminology back to fishing as like actual bait, to, to bait for a trap, then yeah, possibly that, that could be defined as entrapment. Except my, that's, I think it's motivation here um, that probably is what will give you uh, more definition versus like a, the blurred lines. That's because it's the action of tricking someone uh, into your enticing them uh, to secure your prosecution, right? My approach to it when I um, make some of those sarcastic comments or statements um, is to sort of put up barriers as to, look, I'm already hip to this. I've already experienced this. This is the range that I'm setting out for you to not go beyond these bounds, pretty much. So maybe bait isn't the right terminology. It's more I'm setting, I'm setting where my limits are. Uh, maybe sarcastically, and you misinterpret that or misunderstand that, that's on you. Like, yes, I expect you to take everything I say seriously. Um, even uh, literally, that's fine. But it's not, some states have fishing with live bait laws or fishing with more than two poles um even chumming up the waters uh throwing bait out there and just to attract other sharks or other whatever so all you have to do you don't have to really fish for anything because you've already given all the bait out for free it's everyone's eating it and there's a bunch of fish all you have to do is just drop your hook and you have to bait on it so probably catch something right and secure your prosecution
my approach is like sort of a sarcastic serious, I've already been here, kind of already been there, let's not try any funny business. Do you remember there is, if you, like freaking kids, man, PewDiePie, YouTube and internet sensation PewDiePie, uh, Felix, um, you remember him? You guys know what I'm talking about, PewDiePie? He once did this whole like ad hoc Hitlerum approach to things with, uh, was it Buzzfeed or something? Where he started wearing like a German officer or something, you know, like a, a communist sort of uh, officers look at the black and red, the color scheme, all that stuff. He wasn't a Nazi by any means. He was mocking it. Even so much to go as far as to like openly say something stupid, right? Thinking that you're so sarcastic and so blatantly, obviously sarcastic and trying to be humorous and funny, whether it's in bad taste or not, doesn't matter. It's not serious. It's, it's not to be taken literally. It's just not. And if you're, if you get it, like, it's not that hard to get it. He's not being serious. You move on. And it's not like he was trying to trick you or trap you. He was just mocking it sarcasm and it was a it was a le legitimate like publication i think it's one that i still trust it might have been the wall street journal man it really might have been um no actually it might have been the new york post <laughs> new york, i don't know i'll have to look into it i'll have to research it but somebody latched on to that those comments that pewdiepie made as like literal and they tried to use that against him I don't know if PewDiePie is still, I don't know he's a nice guy and I've watched his channel before so but I don't know what where he's at right now with things but I I imagine after putting something like that out there and mocking it and making fun of it and just like okay let's put it to rest no, no I'm not a freaking whatever sympathizer of anything and someone says yeah we have video of you proving otherwise and it's the video of him mocking, like the, the same thing that they're trying to prove. He must have been like, are you kidding me? And then a court takes it and it's like, are you serious? Is this real? Some, are you guys are gonna publish this or we're gonna, I'm gonna be tried for this? Or, like, what is this? No, I was being sarcastic. It's pretty, it's evidently clear. Like, what are you guys trying to do? It's, it's those types of person. It's those types of, I guess, lawyers that do that. Like anything that comes out of your mouth, they'll try and use it against you and they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know. They don't get it. It's, it's very, I don't think like that. I think I'd probably catch on pretty quick if PewDiePie was trying to like, <laughs> no mock something. It's like, yeah, it's kind of funny. So no, it's not entrapment because that's what would have happened. Or that's what does happen is I'm just kind of, kind of taken aback, like, okay, yeah. Well, that's what we're dealing with here, so this should be pretty easy. It's actually kind of a relief.